You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. Good evening, Michael. Hello, Andre. How I'm are you in the today? Of writing an article and drinking a glass of wine. What are you doing? I am talking to you and drinking a glass of wine. So, one out of two. What's in your glass? Uh, Quail's Gate Stewart's Family Reserve Pinot Noir. How is it? Awesome. Oh. These guys do such a great job with Pinot. Cool. I guess I'll need to try that. Yes. I'm drinking a Megalomaniac Sauvignon Blanc, and it's not bad. It's it's pretty good. My wife loves this wine. And um, I think anyone who's had me visit their winery lately, if they have Sauvignon Blanc, they know that I've been sort of hunting Sauvignon Blanc and a certain style of Sauvignon Blanc, so... Uh, I guess I'm on a Sauvignon Blanc kick. Maybe maybe my Chardonnay kick is in its twilight now. You know what? I'm I'm still waiting for one of uh, my wife's favorites to come out. It's the uh, left field um, Sauvignon Blanc, which is from New Zealand, but it's from Nelson, New Zealand. And uh, we found that a few years ago. And man, is that a good bottle of wine and well-priced. Cool. Might yeah. need to try that one, too. I guess that's sort of my catchphrase for this podcast. Due out in June, I think. So, I guess I get into this podcast. This is one where you had just gotten off the plane from Italy. We had lined up an interview with an Italian winemaker. And you had to run back to St. Catharines really quickly. And I was left talking solo on this one. Yeah, I, I was so bagged. I could not... Uh... I just could not sit down. I, I ran into the restaurant, said hello to the gentleman, and I'm like, I just got off the plane. I need sleep. And I, I felt that if I sat down, drank a little wine, I would probably sleep at the table. And that's completely fair. It means there was more for me. Um, I know I'm going to touch on it in the podcast, but we, we spoke. I spoke with uh, Roberto Pighin of uh, Pighin Winery, which is a winery that's uh, known for their Pinot Grigio. Which was actually quite good, um, but my favorite part about the interview was the lineup of red wines. We tasted through three red wines, including a Cabernet Sauvignon. All of them were under twenty dollars, um, but none of them were terribly deeply structured, like you expect a lot of Italian wines, red wines, to be. They weren't fussy, and it just reminded me that in that twenty dollar price range, that you don't need to get a bottle of wine that's going to sit in your cellar for years and years and years. It's nice when you can find something that you can just pop it and guzzle it. It's fun when they do, and uh, I have proven that many an under twenty can uh, can survive surprisingly. Uh, but uh, you know, a good guzzler is is worth its weight in gold some days. Now here we go, Roberto Pigin. I'm really excited to be back at uh, Biagio, and uh, I had my mind blown by the Belenda Prosecco last time. So I am really looking forward to tasting these wines with you. And Thank I'm you. sure Michael's gonna feel like he missed out. And it's almost fitting that we're starting with another Prosecco. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, let me tell you one thing. Um, uh, we are basically, we were always still wine producers. Okay. So we make uh, all our wines from our own grape production. So all estate bottle wines we don't buy wine from other sellers, uh, we sell our wine and we produce our wine. 
But in the last years, replanting some vineyards of our estates, we own 160 hectares of vineyards in the Grave del Friuli, and uh, around 30 hectares in the Colio area with the two separate cellars, so okay. two different uh, vineyards, two different wineries. And uh, in the Grave state, uh, uh, we planted six hectares of Prosecco. Okay. But uh, the density is the double of a regular planting, okay. so the yield pro vine is uh, the 50% of usual of the, the, the normal production. Okay. But getting the right quantity pro hectare is our low and lowest, you know. Okay. But the concentration, as you know, in the grapes, if you produce less, is much more. Um, uh, has more personality. Right, you're but making the fruit of course, uh, is just uh, one extra uh, sparkling. When we were doing a brut with our Pinot Blanc, uh, but was um, so a very tiny production, and we decided to invest a little bit also having uh, land on Prosecco. On Prosecco. So the, this Prosecco is a DOC, but uh, as you know, Friuli is considered being very, very uh, lucky area because it's located between the Alps and the Adriatic in the far northeast of Italy, along yep. the Austrian and Slovenian border, and uh, the Adriatic Sea south, uh, is uh, considered among the most suitable area for the production of white wine in, in our country, and not only. Yeah, so the, so the whole very, very part suitable of area, you know. So also the Prosecco grow up the Glera very, very well and gives uh, very, very interesting results. So we've, we've, jumped, we've jumped a few steps. So this is, the, this is new that your family is making? Yes, Prosecco. from three years. Uh, okay. We, we, uh, we planted it uh, six, seven years ago, but we started to produce it. And you uh, you said that ago. your family's always been known for making still wine. Still wine. So this how is the next... Your, how long oh, has your family been making wine? 60 years ago. 60 years ago? Uh, a little less than 60 years. Yes. So yes. it's your father or grandfather? My started? father and his brothers at the start. Okay. Now my cousins from uh, around uh, from 2004 sold their uh, their part of the vineyards of the okay. estates to my family. So me, my father, and my mother and my sister we are the only owner together. Okay. The only owner so there's only the, the the four of you. Yes, it's something that happened, you know, in the in the time. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, the quality the, uh, for us is, uh, is, a, is, a, is the most important thing. I like to speak uh, about reliability of the wines. So uh, I love to speak reliability because we, we were, you know, we are under the sky. Every single, every single uh, uh, vintage has its own uh, meteorological. 100%. Uh, you know, yep. you can never say I did my best way because every year changed something. Every year being alive, the wine, something that lives, okay, yep. is not stainless steel or, or, or a rock, is, is, is a, a living thing. There are many changes. You understand always more like with your sons, you know, you can always understand more and more about... Uh, the winemaking and uh, in the meantime you make your experiences uh, which are the most important thing to you know as everything the experience the the, the, the time is a uh, gentleman my grandfather will always say telling me that the time is gentleman okay know, teach you a lot of things so, so when did you get involved in in making making the winery involved with the winery 
uh, when when we started to do it, how how is the story of my family? How yeah, that's happened? that's what so I want to hear. So I tell hear. you, my uh, Friuli. Uh, I have to tell you one other thing before. Okay, we have Aquileia in Friuli, which is the second uh, Roman uh, city of the Imperium Romano, Imperium Romano. Yeah. It used to be the commercial port on the Adriatic Sea. Yeah. Where there are amphoras. If you see to you go to see the rests and the museum there and all the locations. Yeah. You can easily see a lot of amphoras. Yes. Because in and what there was inside the amphoras? Wine and oil. Okay. So uh, freely make wine from the Roman time. Yes. For sure. Okay. And the thing is that uh, Friuli has been a, a, a territory, a, a region where uh, a lot of invasion, we had a lot of invasions in the, uh, in the centuries, you know, from Uni, Longobards, uh, Turkey, and then the Austro-Hungarian. So it's a, it's a, it's a popolo, it's a, it's a, it are people, the Friulans, that uh, had to fight a lot in their, in their past. So building up uh, a strong character, not speaking too much, making a lot, you know. Are people that go very, like to go to sleep very early in the, mo in the, mo in the, in the, in the evening and wake up very early in the morning. So big workers and uh, people that in the very past had to freely, like a lot of other areas of the northern east of Italy was, uh, and south Italy, of course, was a very poor area. So the people uh, had to, 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 to go also in the world to, to, to help other countries to grow up, you know, okay. and, uh, and making something. So uh, um, after the Second War, uh, um, my grandparents were not rich people like the most of the Friulian people in that time. Yep. And uh, they used to have a piece of soil uh, that it could be a couple of square meters. You know, we are not speaking about hectares. The classic orto with uh, two rows of fragolino and uh, merlot, maybe. Okay. And then a couple of chicken and. Uh, what's, regal, what's regolino? What, if I fragolino is a, is an indigenous varietal very that has been very popular uh, in our uh, fragolino. Yeah, yeah. It's and what would you see that in? in, in it's, 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 not, it's a wine that you cannot sell because it's a hybrid. It's a hybrid, and uh, the okay. alcohol degree is always too too low. To be able to be the the load is is something uh, domestic. Okay. That the, the farmer used yeah. have uh, was very popular in there. So it's just a precision, a little thing, a curiosity they tell you. So having a piece of soil, when there was all this hunger, they could help uh, the neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. They could um, during the war. Uh, if there were uh, the enemy, I don't say which enemy, were coming inside the house uh, looking for something, giving them a little bit of uh, having a pork with a, uh, that could allow you to make a salami, a little bit of salami, a glass of red wine could save your life or allow you to make uh, something good. And especially the people having a piece of soil had never real hunger, could, could have always something to eat. So my grandfather was teaching to the kids the three brothers, the last is my father that is alive, he's 83 years old today. Okay. Okay. We're teaching them, remember, the soil will never make you rich, but will always help you to survive, to live in a, in a correct way, so honest, honest way, you know. So respect the soil. If you have the chance one day in your life to invest in something 
concrete, like the soil, do it. Remember my, my words, you know. And they were very smart guys. They started after the war with a little uh, motor bicycle <laughs> to, to, to transport uh, a little bit of wood, you know, teeny things. We had the industry in very famous in Italy, yeah. born in our town called Zanussi. Uh, that became Electrolux today, it's okay. been uh, acquired after th 50, 40 years from Electrolux and because the owner died in an accident with a plane, private plane. And they grow up with this, uh, this, uh, this industry, making for them transports and so investing, buying another, and then making other customers around Europe. When they made, in the late 50s, enough money and this uh, noble family, the, the that were the owner of this estate uh, before us uh, decided to sell it because they had three daughters, uh, they, they could not uh, follow up, they would not uh, change uh, the way to live. They sold all this land with a Venetian villa in the middle of 1680, beautiful house which is today our guest house okay. for, our, for you, for everybody like to, to come to visit us. And breath our estates so uh, when they had this occasion uh, they decided to make uh, this investment uh, strong of this um, uh, passion that was inoculated can I say from my grandfather to them and they so something like six years ago started our adventure in the winemaking okay it's kind of amazing because you 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 have a lot of knowledge to share and you've told that story so seamlessly but what's amazing to me yeah. is that you've talked about the thing that your grandfather said to you and to your family about respect for the soil respect. but to you to you it's such a part of what you of of who you are that it, you, you, you told that part of the story and just kept going without skipping a beat. Like, that's a pretty profound thing. And I think that when you're talking to a winemaker, when you're talking to wineries, it's also one of the most Im important things to be able to build a sustainable winery and make consistently a good product. Because you talked about sure. the weather. Yeah. And you talked about how you can't have a favorite vintage. It's just really interesting to see that you're not... You're not selling a philosophy you are no. you are the philosophy because of yeah, how you were yeah. how you were raised sure. um so we've just tasted through the prosecco i actually killed a glass and didn't <laughs> use this but <laughs> yes, yes, yes. um it's a doc prosecco uh it's really nice apple yeah. a little a bit of spice lot of fruitness very slightly fruity. spicy finally slightly salty just just a little touch by the hand but uh, the beautiful acid but to it. clean you, you said 12 grams per liter residual clean. sugar yeah. and it does not clean. taste like that no yeah, yeah, yeah what's the next wine you would like us to taste to taste the next and one how much does the prosecco is cost our, i have a uh, sorry how much does the prosecco cost Around 17 70 dollars okay. so in that price, you know. But right. Prosecco, as I told you, is something that we don't make in big quantities, but have to be good. What you drink this night are all wines made from our great production. I think, we, I think, I think anyone who has a winery and has the right climate would make sparkling wine if they we could, have another, it's just a nice thing to yeah. have. Yeah, because uh, of course it's part of, uh, of uh, uh, the traditions of Triveneto, no? Prosecco is very popular, you know, of yeah. course Conegliano is the capital of Prosecco and remain the capital of Prosecco, but also with this soil, 
with this environment we have, we are able to make really very good DOC process. I think it's, it's also an interesting time to really make sure that you're getting into the market with sparkling wine because younger wine consumers are willing mm. to spend a little bit yeah. more. Mm. And when you say $17 for a bottle, a bottle of Prosecco, $17 to some people is a lot for a bottle of wine, but to me, $17 for a bottle for of sparkling, sparkling wine. For sparkling is okay. Mm. Oh, it's better than okay. Come on, this is really good sparkling. Okay, you don't you. have to be you so know, modest. You know, we this we, is really tasty we wine. We never overprice our wine, and as a state bottle, we know that we are okay with okay. the prices. You know. Anyway, uh, you know. Um, I think this the next wine you're about to I pour. I prefer is that the people drink two bottles than one, and are happy to drink it and able to pay. It. Now That's you're talking my thing. language. Okay. Okay. Good. I think that the next because wine you're about to pour, I'm I'm really looking forward to tasting. So uh, traditionally, we are pioneers on Pinot Gris, quality Pinot Grigio making. We own 85 hectares of Pinot Grigio. Is okay. Why was it important for you to say quality Pinot Grigio? Then? Please, I I. I uh, I tell you, you know, there is a lot of Pinot Grigio in the world. Because there is a lot of Pinot Grigio in the world. After, uh, uh, so as produce, among the producers, we, 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 I say always that my father has a long, long nose to smell the potential of this wine okay. behind something. May they tell you another name? The were really uh, fathers of Pinot Grigio that allowed the Pinot Grigio to, to be known in the world. It's Santa Margherita. Yeah. Okay? We, as producers from Friuli, um, I say Pinot Grigio, okay, because it's versatile in the food combination. Yes, it is. You are a, a promoter of good wines. You are a lover of good well, wines. Well, I, I need to tell you this before we taste this and before you pour yeah. it, because I haven't tasted this, I haven't smelled it, mm. and I'm almost, I'm wondering if Michael maybe skipped up because mm. he saw Pinot Grigio on the table. Because as writers, we've both said that Pinot Grigio is, and it can be, the most boring grape on the planet. So... I'm looking forward to seeing what I think of your Pinot Grigio. You know, this is a danger. I, I, need to be, I need to be honest uh, with you. I, I know it, and uh, when I was telling you quality Pinot Grigio, I, I, I usually don't like to speak about the others. You know, I speak about me, but I, I said you a sentence, that is, which is quality Pinot Grigio. I don't say names. I never, I will never do it. It's, it's not in my style, but yeah. generally we know that if something is performance, allow you to make business also, okay? Everybody try to copy and to do it. And Pinot Grigio is not a piece of, uh, of, uh, of stone, or as I told, or, or the wine is not uh, stainless steel or something that could be made in every bag. The Pinot Grigio found his environment, his uh, best, uh, uh, one of the best areas to make Pinot Grigio is the northern east of Italy. But now you can find Pinot Grigio on Mars, probably they are plenty Pinot Grigio. And even, all over, even all over the planet. places where it's so neutral, so, so uh, um, uh, without flavor, only refreshing, that is, is, is not enough if you want uh, if you want quality, okay. but Pinot Grigio is also—it's also an underrated grape because it does reflect terroir so well. Like we, Pinot Grigio from Sicily, for example, sure, is no, way different than yours. No, no, absolutely. I can tell you one thing: we have a big luck in Friuli. There is the biggest nursery of vines in the world. Yes. Of the world, they make uh, over 80 millions averagely uh, vines per year, exported in every corner of the world. This is just to let you know how suitable is the Gravedel Friuli, not only to make grapes, also to produce the vines that will make the grapes. Do you grow peaches in, 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 in Friuli? 
Uh, yes, we were also producing peaches, pears and apples uh, until a couple of years ago. Yeah, because that's we have 200 like. hectares of land and, and the most is vineyards, but we used to have a couple of fruit orchards, but we don't produce it anymore now. Oh, and, that's interesting. Um, so how, much this, how much does this bottle cost? 1895. 1895? Estate is not a blended, you know, it's not a commercial product, it's a produ producer product. So let me ask you a question, do you feel the banana inside this wine? No. The, the green banana with the pictures or something as soon like as you, As soon as you say it, I, my head pulls to it, but what I really smell is it's... It's fresh peach, like really ripe fresh peach. peach very it's, unripe peach. It's white apple, peach. but it's like it's golden apple, delicious golden apple, delicious, like really sweet. The, the green one, yes, yes. No, the yellow one, the yellow one, not the green yeah, one. Yeah, but the, the golden is usually green and then became yellow yeah, 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 yeah. when when it's ripe, you know. And it's yeah. um, crunchy apples. So. It's crispy. It's Bartlett pear. Pear. I, I want to oh, say, yeah. but specifically Bartlett. So it's very complex, but very smoothly pleasant and refreshing in the nose, you know, you know. But well, then on the palate, you have, it's really, really citrus, but it's not sharp. It's, it's like sharp. a smooth citrus smooth acid. And balanced. And yeah. really nice balance. Long so, finish, yeah. yeah, long finish. So it's pleasant. It's still great with food. It's pleasant, yeah. It's great because you can pair it with really, now in the summertime, we have a Okay, I can, I, can, I can say this is definitely not boring. It's not boring. It's not boring. Thank you very much. Has his own personality. <laughs> and no, but you know what? I, I, it's the thing about Pinot, Pinot Grigio, and I think um, Michael and I, we sometimes don't give enough credit where credit is due because a lot of the Pinot Grigio we taste is grown in the Niagara region. Mm. And we do get hot summers, but it's not a warm climate mm. growing region. Mm. And the Pinot Grigio from here tends to just be apples. We don't get a lot of the more the, the banana, sweet orchard the sweet fruit yeah, and the, yeah, and the yeah. peaches. So this is really, really nice to... Nice. Uh, may I tell you one more thing? Is yes, that, of course. Uh, um, uh, oh, oh, I would like to tell you one thing. We're telling me one thing now. So uh, maybe we'll... That's we'll fine. I'm sure, it, uh, I'm sure it, will, it will come to you. Um, I want to ask you a question. Your label is really, mm. really cool. I almost wish that your logo was a little bit bigger. Bigger. Because it's, yeah, it's, right it's a rooster blowing into a horn. This is uh, the rooster with this, uh, this special rooster, I say, very colorated, and um, is our brand, okay. the brand that we choose, not me. Okay. My, my, my father and his brother choose to have something recognizable on the label, you know? In the, in the 60s, everybody was putting uh, black and white villas, and we have a beautiful villa, yep. but we do, or castles, or... Um, vineyards, all these things that were uh, relatively neutral, a little bit, um, okay, very similar one to each other. You know? And we said, we must have something like the star for Mercedes or the, the, the little man, you know, for Michelin, you know, yep. something that you recognize like for that, you know. So we don't make, of course, uh, 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 cars and we are not so, <laughs> so big, but we were making putting this, this rooster in every single bottle of our wine exists the rooster, you know? Yep. And the rooster means, uh, is a leader. The rooster uh, is in every house of a farmer in the past and also today. There is a rooster that wake him up in the morning. Is the first, the so first this is wine that's supposed to wake you up in the morning. Animal you heard, yeah. <laughs> 
and um, is a fecondo, is a, is a, is a subliminal uh, message of a fecondità, you know, the, the, sorry if I tell it to you, maybe the people will laugh about it, but the chicken, the, 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 the chicken without rooster doesn't make the, the small chicken, you know, the rooster okay. is, a, is the, the, the king, is the king of the, yep. the situation, you know. So the rooster is really a something strong, it's a strong, recognizable uh, symbol, and has a problem. You remember, you said, you, I was seeing this rooster bigger in the past in the label, and you are true. The rooster was bigger than our name, so the people was looking, were, were looking for the rooster wine, you know, the wine of the rooster. Ah. And uh, now we redesigned it in a more elegant way with the, the, the piggin that is yep. inside. But it's a dangerous rooster, you know why? Because if it's good, you remember it. You say, oh, the bottle with the rooster, yes, I had a good time, I enjoyed them, uh, it was, was fun. But if the rooster is bad, you remember it much better. Because the people, if, uh, if spend something to, uh, to enjoy something yep. and, and drink bad or eat bad, remember it much better than when they were eating or drinking well. Okay. Is right? Yeah. So it's uh, something that in force us to stay always in the way of the, the best results. Because the rooster have to be something that is a guarantee of reliability real of the wine. This yep. is our philosophy. Okay, so, we so we've got in our glass right now the, the Friuliano. Friuliano. Oh, Friuliano. Friuliano is, as you know, the most uh, popular and famous uh, indigenous varietal from Friuli. It's a vine that uh, gives wines that have in the style, is in the same philosophy as, as the Pinot Grigio or the Chardonnay. So yep. very fruity, crispy, but has... A little bit more mineral. Versatile, less mineral, but you have also this black, uh, this uh, back taste of uh, bitter almonds. That is a typical thing of the Tokai. So the Tokai, if uh, is the stamp of Tokai to recognize the Tokai, is always the almonds behind. And uh, is a, is a wine that, in my opinion, uh, is very good if drunk with fat things like the prosciutto di San Daniele. Okay, if you make appetizer, a nice tagliolino with prosciutto di San Daniele. Because well, the acid's uh, a little sharper on the this. sharper and clean bit, up, yeah. and uh, also with seafood, absolutely, and uh, risotti with zucchini, with fresh, simple product of the soil, seasonal, yeah. you know is, I think, a very good way to drink something. So you do a lot of cooking at the winery? I love, I love cooking. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a farmer, but you know, I, I love also to stay uh, for hobby. It's, it's very difficult, different to as a hobby cook than the cook they have to stay well, yeah, on like, the piece I can 24 really hours that. a day, you know? Yeah. But I love, I love combinations, I love provocations, all these things is in my, character you know I yeah, love it. yeah. and then after this we've got uh, Sauvignon. We have the Sauvignon Blanc so when you think to Sauvignon you can uh, of course um, think to international Sauvignons uh, from areas that are uh, became very popular with Sauvignon like New Zealand or uh, um, France but uh, this is a Sauvignon that in our view to make Sauvignon oh, wow. is, uh, is a very uh, delicate. So delicate and is not so exotic. 
So that well, how do you define that? exotic? Because I, I put my nose in this glass. Yeah. That's full on passion fruit. Like, yes. Uh, it's, it's a little that's passion pretty exotic for, like, for lychee, a Canadian, lychee. Canadian here. It has a little bit lychee and you know what? It has a white peach like before, like never. Like wow. Before, like before. And maybe sage mixed. Is you have this green uh, tomato leaf sage behind that uh, make of this wine a very drinkable Sauvignon. It's not the Sauvignon that fight against. But the when food, you're talking about the the, 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 the herbal note, like the herbaceous note, is not anywhere near what you would no, expect no, from New very, Zealand. It's no, really, really subtle, smoothie. really, really subtle. I do get like a bit of kind of the green tomato. The smell it's like of when the, you make the smell a, of the tomato vine is kind of coming through on the finish, but it's it's so much tropical oh. fruit, and I. I think it's it's one of those interesting wines because you said that it's delicate, but when I put it in my mouth, it's really just intense tropical, but it's not something Clean, that lemony. But it's nothing. but it's not like it's not a sharp acid again. Yeah. It's just like the Pinot Grigio where the acid is soft. It's no. perfectly balanced and it it leaves the palate clean. It's not yeah. as clean as the Frulano, Frulano, but this is wow. And I can tell you one thing: is very, and you know, you can feel it. It's very persistent. If you drink a, a espresso now, after the espresso comes out, that's is Sauvignon again. No, I can definitely, I can see that. Is because it's very persistent. But in my opinion, let me tell you only one thing: because I love cooking, I love uh, the the food match. Yeah. Is a wine that. Um, in my opinion, also people that are not so uh, fan of aromatic wines, when drink it, they can approach it. You can drink it anyway, you know, because uh, this cleanness you keep in your, you feel in your mouth, allow to this wine also to be very well matched with, with the food. For me, sometimes the Sauvignons are so strong, so strong, so deep, you know, that uh, it's like if you take a Sebas, cooked in the oven, and then you put a very strong olive oil on top, you know? Mm -hmm. You don't feel the seafood anymore. You have to try to use a very delicate olive oil if you want to do that, you know? And then, and then you can feel the seafood and the oil. The strong oil is good for bruschetta or yep. for, for the meat, you know? What you mean? know, it's, it's really interesting tasting the Sauvignon from uh, Italy, because I don't, I don't think I've ever tasted Sauvignon Blanc from yeah. Italy, but I've been really, I've noticed that with a lot of the travel I've been doing over the years that Sauvignon Blanc is one of these grapes that is, it does really well in different terroirs. Like I love Sauvignon Blanc from California, mm -hmm. but it is completely different than Sauvignon Blanc from And New I'm Zealand happy that there's his own personality. I'm and that's it. That. And the thing is, this, this has personality that is very much Sauvignon Blanc, but this is not Sancerre. Mm -hmm. This is not California. Is this is not New Zealand. You've really got your own identity yeah, on yeah, this. We were, yeah. And it's making me want to just, I want to see what other Sauvignon Blanc from, from Italy tastes like. And it's another great wine that it's just... Like, like for me, this is a great seafood wine, but that great acid just makes it. Asparagus and smoked salmon. What do you think? Tagliolini. Sure. Why not? Perfect. Perfect. Why not? Uh, I tell you one more I think more something thing. this would even go with the, the prosciutto the, the, you were talking uh, about. We, we are very glad to have a Sauvignon with his own personality. I see all around United States, Canada, and everywhere that there are not so many. There are not Sauvignons from Italy. No. And it comes from one of the most suitable areas for whites in Italy. Well, and we're not even and seeing a lot of Sauvignon Blanc from other places, like right up the highway. <laughs> In Niagara, we have great Sauvignon Blanc, yeah, yeah. Uh, and as I said, California, we get some California Sauvignon Blanc, but it tends to be really expensive. But We're seeing more Chilean Sauvignon Blanc. I wrote an article in Quench about that. So, I, I really hope that that people tend to move 
we'll, we'll move away from New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. And I'm, I know that I spent a lot of time on the podcast saying mm. critical things about New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Don't forget about it, I but think, just uh, see that there's lots of everybody other things. Everybody has his own taste, you know. Exactly, I'm, I'm but, but you need to see that everybody is happy. I'm also happy, you know. I tell you, I tell you one thing. Um, so you said me that you are not so familiar with Friuli. No. Really? Oh, believe me, Friuli. Let me tell you these things. Uh, in Europe, and not only, is very popular. It's known as, a, as one of the best areas for whites. Yeah. And I'm very happy that you had the chance to be to get a little more uh, information about us. You know. So we were at the point in your family history. You said 60 years ago, uh, yeah. grandfather. Yeah. Had, had taught you your family that my, my, it's important my, my, to have the respect his, his for the son, soil, son, and you'll, yeah. you'll never be rich, but you'll always be looked after. So let's let's go from there. From there, yeah. You pick up the story. Wanna, you wanna, you wanna yeah, know I want to hear story. the next part of the story. So, uh, so wine, these so. three guys uh, decided to buy to make this uh, step up to to, to 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 this investment, and uh, with a lot of proudness, they 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 they, they made this. Uh, it was a sacrifice in terms of money, also to to start this new thing, and they acquired uh, uh, these uh, these. Uh, 200 hectares with this uh, Venetian villa in the middle of this old family. So your family have 220 hectares? We have uh, 200 uh, uh, we have 200 hectares is this this estate where we have uh, the, we produce these wines and then we have we, in 1966 we acquired uh, in the Colio area along the Slovenian border which is a very teeny area hillside uh, of uh, totally 4,500 hectares and not it's not of us yeah. all the collier all the collier and of these hills 4,000 and 50,000 not sorry what, uh, uh, I can say 4,500 hectares of, of, of land yeah. there are 1,450 hectares of vineyards okay. for a production mm, average production yearly production of 10 million bottles so it's nothing. It's a, a, a 10 million bottles, you know, are 80,000 hectoliters. So this is um, our reality. But you want to know a little bit more about the story. Yeah, so you your know? father and his brothers So my father and his brothers, my, my, the uncle of my uncle uh, was the, the man that they were getting char in charge to follow the, the, the wine business. Yeah. And then uh, one day he, he had an accident, car accident. Okay. He didn't, didn't pass, pass not away, but was so strong the situation that could yeah. not more stay behind the business. Okay. So my father came behind him okay. and said in the other uh, um, company we had, you know, the, the, the transport industry company, okay, to the cousins, you are big enough, you have to follow to, to go alone on your legs, you know, they were ready to go alone. And he said, I changed my life and I follow my passion. And he came to, 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 to pick up the, 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 the conduction, conduction of, the, of the winery. Yeah. So when your dad and your brother uh, started the winery, what, what kind of wines were they making? We were making Tokai Friulano, okay. uh, Pino Bianco, okay. Merlot, okay. and Refosco. And... Out of all those and, great, all those wines you just brute, said, uh, none, of, none, of, none of them have survived over sixty years, have they? And after that, uh, in the in the late seventies, oh, so the, the, the Refosco. So you've been making Refosco yeah. for, for, for sixty sure, years, yeah. for um, always, yes. But and the Pinot Grigio, of course, but uh, but Pinot Bianco, okay. Pinot Bianco, and Pinot Grigio. Uh, Pinot Grigio was not the main wine. Was there 
because as I told you, I can show you the picture then of the yeah. bottle of So, so some of these wines have been around that your your father started to, to make them. But, but, but speaking about, about Friuli in the 60s, the, the most known in Italy and where the Friulans were sailing at that time of, of, uh, of Friuli were Friulano for sure, so Tokai, Friulano, Tokai in the time, Merlot, Refosco. Well, let's let's Until, taste, taste the Refosco while you tell us yeah, more of the story the, here. The middle, the, in the middle seventies, uh, we were making a sixty percent of red and the forty percent of white. Okay. The most of the red was Merlot and Refosco. Only Merlot and Refosco. In so nineteen eighty-five, we were forty percent Pinot Grigio and all the rest divided for the for the other wines. And now we are around 60% Pinot Grigio, but we will never go over. That's our, because there is another wine that is coming uh, strongly up, is very interesting, that is Ribola Gialla. So, so what are you making, what's your percentage then for reds versus whites in 2018? Now, now, so now, today, uh, the red wines are less than the, eight, the, the 10%, they're around 8% of the production. Just the 8% of the production. So Friuli is white. Friuli speaks white. It's known worldwide for the whites. Okay. So the reds are not bad, but the only indigenous, one of the only indigenous varietal that we have is the Refosco, the most known, and a lot of other mini production like Pignolo, Schiopettino that nobody knows. But Refosco is the most typical. It's a little bit herbaceous. It's like the Friulans. It's a, Strong character wine with uh, this uh, slightly herbaceous back taste that develop in a class in the time. Um, let's let you know when I go in, a, I go in a restaurant and I want to drink a refosco okay. with a pepper filet, maybe can be very beautiful because with which? this creamy pep filet with pepper sauce, okay, you know, with cognac uh, flambe, you know, a little bit in a <laughs> I love this herba. I think, this I think wine. you need to understand that when you're talking because to a Canadian, when you're talking to a Canadian uh, audience, home cooking is yeah, a little different yeah, than home yeah, cooking in Italy. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you one thing: uh, as you can feel when you drink this refosco, you 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 feel the ripe black cherries, bitter cherries. You, you call it bitter cherries, amarene. You know, is the is the cherry that you put on the ice cream. You know, okay. Amarena is black. A sweet. Um, uh, yeah, I don't uh, think you know the cherries we put on the ice cream. Dry cherry is something. Okay, uh, um, so this definitely does not taste like maraschino cherries. Slightly, in Italy, they use different you, cherries you, than they use you, in Canada. You have a nice licorice. Yes. This herbaceous scent behind. This, this this has a lot of savory notes to me. It's got a little bit of like almost and, almost uh, like campfire we, smoke. We are, we, we refine it only in 33 and 50 hectoliters vats of a blend, a mix of different oaks from France, Aliene Verlemusen, and Slavonia from uh, Croatia. It's, it's, it's really interesting because both the nose and the, the, the palate, like it really leans more towards kind of the savory elements of red wines, like smoky. Um, the smoky comes A little bit of, it's got a, a really strong mineral note, like graphite, like, like, like mm. the, the middle of a pencil. I'm actually, I, I don't know if I've tasted a wine in a long time that just reminds me of chewing on a pencil in grade eight, but that's what this wine feels but like. But if you eat bacon, you know, grilled bacon, 
but example. But, but the texture isn't quite as, texture as big is, as that. It's a little bit yeah, softer on the back. Softer, but, but you know, you have this nice acidity and yes. not you know so this in, is, this is the best blended part about, with fruitness, you know? This is the best part about, about this wine, you know? though, is that the finish is soft and, and supple. The tannin is so well integrated. And, like, this is not the sort of wine... And listen, I'm sure that it could probably do okay in a cellar for a while, but this is a sort of wine I would take home and not worry about putting in a cellar. Just pick it up, open it up, and, and serve it with whatever and I'm doing. And like uh, tomato sauce, something with a yeah, little bit of sweetness sure, to go with it. Sure. Like uh, even Pizzaiola, pizza, yep. yeah. Pizzaiola, or just even like a nice, you know. Or even just like spaghetti Scalopina and tomato sauce, with, uh, yeah. Buffalo and uh, fresh tomato, a little bit spicy. Like, I think maybe, I think know. as wine writers will often say, too often that like know? that that a lot of like ready to drink red yeah, wines are yeah. pizza wines, but the no, savory the savory wine, element no. to this will yeah. help. But if you want to eat a pizza, out. maybe I, I, I see a provocation because I'm not the band that eat pizza with wine. You know, I'm sorry about that. You know, but I love nothing wrong beer, with that. Nice lager or beer with pizza. Or so in, in, in I'm my sorry house. about that. I, I'm a wine producer, and now I speak about about beer. But this wine, if you wanna drink a wine with pizza, you could do it. See, because I gotta tell you a little bit about pizza in my house now. So my wife's a pastry chef, okay. so I got a really okay. great oh, pizza dough man, recipe. Man, yeah. We do the sauce from scratch. Sure. We take fresh tomatoes and we do it. Gourmet and pizza is called that. And it's know? a couple a day. And like yeah. we don't use necessarily yeah. like the grocery store mozzarella. Sure. We buy mozzarella di bufa, yeah. something that's a little bit milder. So something like this will help, will help pull the sweetness out of the sauce, yeah. Yeah. and so will help make the wine taste a little sweeter. This is this is a really nice wine. How much is this? Eighteen ninety-five. This would be a hell of a wine for a really well-made home-cooked Italian meal. And I know I was saying so earlier this week. I had a chance to drink a two thousand and one Barolo, and it was a beautiful wine. But I think the problem with a lot of Italian red wines, and especially when you're discovering what Italian red wines mean, you're picking up wines that are a little fussy and need a lot of time before they're ready to drink. This would not need the time to be ready to drink, and there is nothing wrong with that. Andre, I'm I'm almost positive I heard you say Roberto begin. I I don't think I said that. That's uh, just that's how my <laughs> ears. Although I got some old ears these days, I'm hearing some of the funniest stuff. Maybe one day uh, when you've got your little your little beeper handy for our podcast, I'll tell you some of the things I I think I hear. It'll just be a litany of beep, 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 beep. Sound like Morris Code. Okay. I want to give a special shout out to, to Dana Panzer, who's always great at making sure we get a chance to speak with the wonderful winemakers that um, she carries in her portfolio when they come to town. Um, yeah, if anybody's got uh, people they want us to speak to, please just reach out. Uh, we'll make the time if, uh, if we can, uh, obviously. Uh, if we can't, we'll reschedule or, or even do it remotely because uh, we love talking to winemakers. Yeah, absolutely. And wine, winery principles and, you know, the wine business is full of very interesting characters. Well, and uh, I'm, I'm, I know we didn't spend a lot of money on it, but that new piece of equipment we've got really does sound fantastic when we are doing the on-location interviews. I don't even know who makes it, Andre, so if you give a shout-out to that company. iRig. Oh, there you go. iRig? Yeah. Okay, got to look for that. All right, well, I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. Subscribe to this podcast. Ooh, you're doing my lines. Keep going. 
do uh, do something with your fingers. You can uh, email us at two guys talking wine at gmail.com and take us away, Michael. Oh, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.